Catch up with Kat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up with Cat with me, Cat Harvey. The little show hoping to make things just that wee bit better for you. And if you want to listen back to any of the previous episodes, just check out the website for details. I'm joined for a catch up this morning by mum of three and an enthusiastic user of Parent Club. It's Vicky Lever. Good morning to you, Vicky. Good morning. Nice to speak to you. And to you. How are you doing? Are you coping all right? Uh, we're coping not bad. I think the, the term I've used for most of lockdown is winging it. So that's what we're doing again today. That's probably the best way just to get through things. First of all, tell us a wee bit about yourself and your family then. Who's all in it? Uh, we are based in Perth. So I'm a mum of three and their ages are ranging from 18 um, down to the middly who turned six she had her birthday during lockdown to the youngest who is an absolute diva and she is two so we have the terrible twos to deal with back in quarantine which is a joy it's an absolute joy oh wow you get your hands full with that Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know that you have been using Parent Club quite a lot. Um, yes. Just tell us a little bit about that for folk that maybe aren't aware of it. What is Parent Club? Sure. So it's an online resource that is um, from the Scottish Government, but it covers every parenting question or query that you could possibly have at all. Um, they've obviously focused quite a lot on coronavirus just now. They've got a whole new section built up for that, but there's everything... If I mean stuck at home, you've got loads of worries for wee ones. So they've got sections on their learning. They've got uh, if your your wee ones are having temper tantrums, they've got sections on child behaviour. They've got eating. We helped out parent club before doing some recipes and things online. Um, everything from babies up to teeny boppers. I mean, it literally covers the whole the whole of that. And and why has it been such a help to you then? Um, because it's online and it's accessible instantly. You can go on Google, which is there, and you can you can scroll through so many things. But this is, it's Scottish, it speaks to you on a level that is just, um, it's for everybody. And the resources that are there are so handy. And is it interactive? Can you talk to folk on it? Is there any way that you can, I don't know, share tips with others? Uh, well, definitely share tips. So they're, um, we've shared, we're quite sort of active on Instagram and we've shared their hashtags. We share like parent club tips on there just with whatever we're doing with the girls during the day. Um, on their Facebook page, they're keeping sort of interactive there. They post up ideas, like there's ideas for doing like an obstacle course and then they say like you can post your photos and show us what you've done, that kind of idea. It's not so much a physical club, but it's all keeping in touch online, which I suppose we're all doing just now. Right, come on Vicky, have you built the obstacle course then? Have you had a go? Well, (laughs) tell the truth. (laughs) You've not seen my flat pack, it's horrific. So if I was to try to do an obstacle course, it would be an absolute disaster. No, no, the, the girls have got their own wee activities, they do. I did build them a teepee and that was sticking a couple of plastic poles together and that was about my limit, so that's fine. <laughs> I think that sounds like a wonderful achievement. I would be very impressed with that. I was impressed with that myself. <laughs> we, we do know that the schools now won't be back until August. When you first heard this, how did that make you feel? I think there was maybe... Well, I'm, I'm obviously concerned as a parent, just with this, mm. everything, because it's so unknown. But there was relief that we've maybe got an end point in sight. And I know from looking at what Nicola Sturgeon was saying on our, our press conference, it's obviously, I mean, it's all depending on scientific and if the device is there. And it's going to be completely different for the wee ones going back. But at least we've got something to aim for. I mean, we're doing homeschooling and it's all through Microsoft Teams, which is great. 
that our internet our internet provider went down on Monday and it was just an absolute nightmare. I was like, what? I mean, luckily I couldn't do anything off, but I was just like, what do you do in that situation? Yeah, again, winging it and just getting on with it. But it's, the end point is in sight, I think, and it, although it's going to be different um, and for the wee ones to get used to sort of social distance learning in the classroom, it's, it's going to be a step forward in our sort of new normality that they're talking about. And how did your six-year-old feel about this, knowing that she's not going to go back and see her wee pals until the other side of the summer? She's struggled. She's really struggled. Mm. We've had quite a few teary moments, especially in the first couple of weeks of lockdown, and that was so hard for me because I, I think I'd maybe read too much online and was every news report that was there, every radio um, press conference, everything, I listened to all. And she was in the background and kind of was listening to at the same time and got worried. So I took myself away from social media, from radios, from, from news broadcasts, and we just focused on her and getting her used to her new routine, um, which is what we've been sticking to to try and get through this, is keeping to a wee bit of a structure, and that certainly helped. She, she missed her friends, um, she missed her wee clubs, because we had so many, she's a wee social butterfly. Um, so yeah, um, it saved me a fortune in those, to be honest. <laughs> and it saved me rushing about, like a lunatic, making sure I was everywhere at the right time. But she's, a, yeah, she's getting used to it now, but she really does have a few teary moments to begin with. We soul. I'm sure that Mum's taxis will be back in operation um, soon, hopefully. And, and what then tips that you could pass on from winging it successful ones for for parents that are helping their kids during lockdown as well what do you think's worked best for you um working best for us has has been building up our own little structure and routine to the day um while yeah. we don't wake up to an alarm clock anymore we're waking up at the same time we started off doing the whole Joe Wicks PE class online uh, on YouTube. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Vicky. This, the, we, we started off doing Joe Wicks is a phrase I'm hearing a lot these days. <laughs> oh, oh, my days. I thought I was quite fit and I go to the gym on a day. Well, I used to go to the gym on a daily basis. By day two, I, I kind of let the girls do it themselves and I was like, I'm just going to sit this one out here. Mummy's um, uh, busy. No. <laughs> I'm going to make some breakfast. Yeah, we know we're on a much more slower pace now. We're on cosmic kids yoga and uh, we're doing lots of breathing exercises. But no, I, I just say uh, routine, a wee bit of exercise thrown in there, but we're doing a, a daily routine which is built on the school day. So we stop for a, a playtime, a break time when she would have at school. Um, we have a lunchtime and we finish the day at three o'clock. And then from three o'clock onwards, it's a free for all and it's just a bit of fun and we can do arts and crafts or whatever we're doing. But the, the structure has definitely helped. Um, as well as keeping online with, we are doing sort of Zoom calls, we're doing WhatsApp calls with our classmates. Um, and as I, I mentioned, we've got Microsoft Teams where all our learning is. They've got a section on there called Chit Chat. So the wee ones can post up photographs or uh, the, the favorite of this week is gifts. There's lots of gifts been posted. Of oh, various okay, cool. Bizarre animals. <laughs> And I don't even know what half them are, but they're, they're really enjoying that. So that's the way that we are finding to keep forward and, and getting through this. It's important as well for the mums and dads to look after themselves as well, because you can yeah. spend so much time looking after your kids, but you need to look after you as well, don't you? Are you been able to do that at all? Um, yeah. Yeah, my sort of breakaway to be me, if you like, before lockdown was going to the gym. 
and I try to keep up that level of exercise, um, whether it's going for a walk. Uh, I've chosen to go sort of later at night when the wee ones are in their bed and we can just have a stroll and there's, uh, I take my team with me and there's literally nobody about and it's great. And it's just to keep those sort of like um, your endorphins kicking out and the, the feel good factor. Um, I've also kept in touch with friends as I say, Poppy and Lily's ideas through Zoom and through WhatsApp as well. <laughs> it's just to keep that sort of network of support there and to use up my words for the day because I don't feel I get to do that with the, with the children at home because they talk <laughs> over me. <laughs> oh, you're doing well now. Believe thank me, you. you know, you're doing well now. Listen, thank you so much for joining us. Loads of absolutely brilliant information there. And it sounds like even though you're winging it, Vicky, it sounds like you're winging it very, very well. Oh, thank you. I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you take that. Give yourself a virtual high five and have a bit of cake. Vicky Lever, thank you so much. She's a mum of three and an enthusiastic user of Parent Club where there's plenty of advice. So that website, again, is parentclub.scot. Thanks, Vicky. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. Don't forget, as well as the Parent Club website, there are more tips on how to deal with the kids and to manage your own stress at clearyourhead.scot. Catch up with Kat. I'm joined this afternoon by Kim Ledbetter from the Connection Coalition. Hello, Kim. How are you? Hello there, I'm fine. How are you doing? Not too bad at all. Now, first of all, let's get to the basics. What is the Connection Coalition? Well, we launched the Connection Coalition um, a few weeks ago um, through the Joe Cox Foundation. Um, and for anybody that doesn't know, the Joe Cox Foundation was set up after my sister Joe Cox, the MP for Batley and Spen here in West Yorkshire, was murdered in June 2016. Um, and after Joe was murdered, we set the foundation up in her name and we did lots of amazing things. And, and one of the things that we did work on was loneliness. And we looked at communities and, and how communities can be more uh, connected and compassionate and, and people can come together. So we did that um, in the first few years of the foundation's life. And, and we had a huge success and we ended up with the world's first ever strategy on loneliness and the world's first ever minister for loneliness and, and certainly we had a huge amount of support from, from Scotland and the Scottish Parliament in that regard um, and then with the corona pandemic um, happening there was a real sense that oh my goodness me all the things that we've been working so hard on to keep people connected are now really vulnerable because we're all physically mm. distancing and socially isolating so we thought right there's a bit of a gap here why don't we pull together a load of organizations who can ensure that we keep connected during this really difficult time and actually then more importantly coming out of the crisis how we ensure that people and communities can stay connected and that's what the connection coalition is all about who are the main organizations that are involved then so there, there were about half a dozen organizations who, who set the mm -hmm. thing up and, and we set up with people like the red cross mind facebook nesta so some quite big names and big organizations uh, yeah. but what's really important now is that we've got over 250 organizations signed up and they range from big names like that to very small community organizations and community groups and that's one thing i love about about joe's foundation about the joe cox foundation is we've got this big sort of national reach with big organizations and we've got a voice in westminster and, and we can work with politicians but actually what we've also got is a really good grassroots network of people across the uk who are out there on the ground in what i call the real world getting stuff done <laughs> coalition brings together big organizations small organizations brings them all together now how important is it for you to keep your sister's memory alive by continuing to help boost this community spirit oh look i'm under no illusion you know 
what I've done since Joe got killed has been very much a way of coping for me. It's been very much a way of just getting my head down, getting lots of amazing stuff done and, you know, champion a lot of the causes that Joe believed in and that I believe in. And a lot of that is very people-centred. It's very much about communities. It's very much about kindness and compassion and, you know, fairly simple concepts like treating other people how you would wish to be treated, you know, some of the things that we were brought up on. Um, and I've really thrown myself into a lot of this work since Joe was killed, um, you know, probably at the expense of really addressing my own grief. And I'm under no illusion about that, but what I also feel is that, you know, Joe would love that so many people, you know, and I'm just a very small part of it, have come together around issues that she cared about. And, you know, Joe entered politics to make a difference to people's lives. She wasn't a career politician. She cared about the issues and, you know, loneliness was certainly one of those issues. Uh, and there were, there were lots of others as well. So it's really important for me to keep going, you know, and, and, and I've been hugely supported by people across the UK. You know, when I've been up to Scotland, the support we've had up there has been amazing across the political spectrum from people in communities, you know, all over the place. Um, so it's a really important part of the Joe Cox Foundation's work. And, it, you know, if I'm honest, it's a really important thing to keep me going as well. Uh, so you were you were saying that I mean it's I don't even know how to express this, but is it not really emotionally draining for you? Oh, it's exhausting. I mean, everything I do is absolutely exhausting. But I'm very lucky. I've got lots of energy. <laughs> I can tell that a lot. Of... <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, the, the stuff that we we do through Joe's Foundation, you know, we've we've got the great get together campaign that we do where we get yeah. people across the United Kingdom to organise events in their communities. It's all stuff which I really believe in and I really feel passionately about anyway. So you know, it's easy for for me to keep going in that regard. But oh gosh, I mean, I have my very you know tough days and tough moments when particularly when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm with Joe's kids or I'm thinking about Joe's children, it's really tough. But, you know, anybody who's lost loved ones, and sadly there's so many people who are going to be in this position at the moment, um, knows that one way to keep going is to do something in their name, to do something positive, whether that's on a large scale or a small scale. It, it keeps you going and it keeps that person with you. You did touch upon there the great get-together. Tell me what that is. Yeah, so the great get-together is a wonderful um, annual campaign that we do every year on what would have been Joe's birthday. And it started because we had to um, take the very difficult decision as to what we did on the anniversary of when Joe was killed. Um, and Joe was killed in June 2016. Um, and I wouldn't blame anybody for, for shutting up shop and closing the curtains and locking the doors and not doing anything. But we wanted to do something very positive. We wanted to do something very helpful and we wanted to do something that was very due. And, you know, and in 2017, the year after she was killed, the country felt very divided. There were huge divisions around Brexit. There was a lot of really nasty, toxic political discourse going on. So we said, right, we're going to have a weekend. We're going to ask people across the United Kingdom to come together, organise events in their communities, big events or small events, could be just having a cup of tea with your neighbour, could be doing a big run, which we, which we do locally here in Yorkshire. Whatever you want to do, but come together and celebrate the best of humanity and celebrate what it means to live in this in this wonderful place where we're, we're lucky to live. Um, you know, and, and people embraced it and went a bit bonkers for it, really. So we had millions of people up and down the UK doing <laughs> things. Um, and then we moved it in, in 2018 to what would have been Joe's birthday, which is the 22nd of June. Uh, and once again, you know, it, it's really taken off. And I think what it shows is there's a huge desire out there for people to do something positive for people to come together without any agendas without any egos and just have a really good time get to know people who might be different to you and you know you might have different views on things but actually you know resonating with Joe's words where she said we've got more in common than that which divides us connecting with people on a human level and once you get chatting to people about your kids or about paying your bills or about how work's going or whatever you realize that actually we do have more in common um, and it's very easy to forget that 
because we tend to focus a lot on the things that we disagree on or we have differences. I had a little flick through the Connection Coalition website earlier, Kim, and loads of resources there, tools and activities and offer that you can share with people. Um, this is obviously good for everybody, isn't it? Are you are you keen for that to be shared further wide and far? Absolutely. I mean, the idea of the Connection Coalition was it was a true collaboration between all these amazing organisations who were doing wonderful things. So it was kind of about coordinating that and then amplifying the amazing things that are being done. Because often you find, and you find it at a local level and at a national level, there's lots of really good stuff going on, but sometimes it's not that connected. And what we found with the coalition is that we've got organisations from all over the place um, who want to get to know each other, share ideas. Oh, we've tried this. Why don't you try this? Oh, we've got this letter writing campaign oh we've got this campaign where we do a you know a virtual bake-off together or whatever it is sharing those ideas and inspiring people to, to to continue to reinforce these meaningful connections because you know i don't like the expression social distancing yes we are physically distancing but we shouldn't be socially distancing we should be socially staying connected um, so that's the idea of the coalition we amplify all the good stuff that's going on and then hopefully importantly beyond this crisis we start to think about the kind of country we want to live in and we can keep that important work going and keep the kindness and the compassion there. That's such a good point though, like all these different charities and organisations that could maybe learn from each other and share their ideas. Can other organisations that aren't in the coalition get in touch and join in if they fancy it? Yeah, of course they can. I mean, anybody who isn't already registered to, already registered to join the Connection Coalition, you go onto the website and sign up. Big organisation, small organisation, um, you know, any of the issues that we're looking at now, whether it's loneliness or grief, uh, bereavement, mental health and wellbeing, you know, any, any of those issues, then you can sign up and, and, and get involved. And we did a webinar last week and we've got another one going on um, on Friday where you can come onto the webinar, you can hear me prattle on a little bit, but you can meet other people who are doing amazing <laughs> things elsewhere. I, I, it sounds like an awful lot of work, but an awful lot of heart been put into this. And to be honest, I just think it sounds like a project that your sister Jo would be very proud of you for taking on and running with. Oh, she would. I mean, you know, I think about Joe obviously every single day and I think how proud she would be of, of not, not just me, but all these amazing people are doing amazing things. And a lot of this, remember, is done on a voluntary basis. A lot of these organisations are run by volunteers. They don't have to do it. You know, they do it because it's the right thing to do and, and, and they're full of kindness and compassion and, and that's exactly what Joe was about. Thank you very, very much for joining me, Kim. I wish you all the best with the Connection Coalition and also the great get-together. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. Remember, if you're struggling in any way and need any advice on stress or maybe just coping with the kids or how to improve your sleep, check out the clearyourhead.scot website. Catch up with Kat. Tonight, I'm joined by Maria Jackson, who is the clinical director at The Spark. Thanks for joining me, Maria. How are you doing tonight? Very well, thank you very much. Excellent. Now, first of all, let's get down to basics. What is The Spark? The Spark is a relationship organisation that supports families, adults, children, young people, really all the stages of development. And what kind of services are you offering then? We have a national helpline which is um, free and anybody accessing our helpline can be referred right through to free counselling. Uh, we also have um, counselling in schools and we have counselling now, now, like everyone else, we have an online platform. How important do you think it is for people to be talking about their issues at the moment? 
I think it's more important than ever. Uh, some people have always been able to do this and some people don't yet have the skills. So I think learning the skills, learning about communication and what it means within a family setting is um, crucial. And it's been a really tough time for the parents, hasn't it? What should they be doing to keep on top of the situation then? Is there any advice for them? Um, I think if they first realise that you know, this change has been inflicted on everyone, you know, they didn't ask for it, their children didn't ask for it, and everyone has been asked to change in ways that they could never have imagined before. Um, so I think if, if people remember that and how uncertain everyone is, I mean, people are uncertain, they're, they're scared. You know, children may demonstrate um, an anger or being difficult, but actually these are all secondary emotions. The, the underlying emotions are normally fear, you know, and sometimes shame, you know, if they're frightened and they don't know it's okay to be frightened, they can be ashamed of that. I think that's happening more and more. I know certainly my friends that have kids, I think this week in particular, they've started to play up a little bit. Is this quite common, do you think? And what you've just said there, it's, it's the fear and their frustrations just manifesting in their behaviour? Well, yes, I, w- I would say so. I mean, ch- children who don't know how to talk about their emotions or haven't been encouraged to talk about them will demonstrate. And that really leaves parents trying to work out what the demonstration means. But... To be able to do that, we need to separate ourselves off from the behaviour. So where can we get information about The Spark then? Okay, so we have a website, uh, thespark.org.uk, and it's got loads of blogs and tools for helping people to work out what they think is happening in the relationship. Uh, we also have a national helpline, which is open 99 Monday to Thursday and 9 to 4 on a Friday, and this is fully staffed. And then what is your advice then... Finally, for any couples that are struggling a little bit, whether it's their kids, whether they're tearing their hair out with each other, they're driving each other nuts, but they want to get through this, what would you say to them, Maria? Definitely talk to people. You know, there are plenty Mm. of resources out there. Um, Really, people should use the resources that are available. There's no shame in asking for help. And if you ask for help, you teach your children how to ask for help. Maria Jackson from The Spark, thank you so much for joining me for a catch-up with so much brilliant advice for couples. Thank you so much. I love sharing stories of inspiring people who've tried to make a real difference during lockdown. This young lady is inspirational. I'm joined for a catch-up tonight with 18-year-old student Holly McConnell. Hello, Holly. Thank you for joining me. How are you? Hi, I'm not bad. How are you? Oh, not too bad at all. Not too bad at all. Now, tell me a little bit about yourself. What is it you do and what have you been doing during lockdown? Um, so, I'm studying to be a PE teacher and during lockdown, I have been doing BSL videos online to share signs and get people learning a new skill. So BSL is British Sign Language and you've been teaching people how to do that. What an amazing thing to do. Have you had loads of people getting in touch with you and trying to learn it? Um, Yeah, the engagement's been amazing. Um, The positive feedback from people has been mind-blowing and it's just so good to see so many people interested. And um, how did you set up your YouTube channel then? What made you want to do it in the first place? So I was originally going to be delivering um, sessions with the university sport union and just share signs with different members of the sports union. But obviously lockdown came and that was all put to a halt. So I, I just thought, why not put it online for 
so it can meet a wider range of people as well and just to give people something to do during lockdown. That's a very good point isn't it because I think a lot of people have been trying to learn something like a new skill or um, a language and stuff so it's a good opportunity for people to learn BSL would you encourage folks to give it a go? 100% I mean people always say to me it's a beautiful language and it is and it's intriguing but also it's making the world better for deaf people who are often excluded from society you are making that difference and it's just a positive outcome for everyone. And how did you learn BSL then? How did you learn that in the first place? So BSL was my first language. Um, I didn't actually learn English until late nursery, early primary school because no one in my household spoke English because my mum and dad is profoundly deaf, which means they were deaf since birth. Okay. Um, And my brother is only two and a half years older than me. So by that point, he wasn't able to speak either. That's incredible. So did you find it quite tricky to pick up English when you first started going to school then? So I don't remember it that much because I was four or five, but I know for sure later on, I like in high school and even now at university, my vocab range is really short and I find it hard to pronounce some words such as the not abbreviated term of vocab. So yeah, it was a tricky process, but luckily I had good support from my mum who fought with the local MPs to get me extra support in school. Well, you sound absolutely brilliant and what an amazing thing to do. What a story, Holly. Is BSL a difficult language to learn if it's not your first language? You know, most people going into it, you're probably quite an unusual case that that was the first thing you learned. But for everybody else, is it a tricky language to pick up? I think the most difficult part is... You know, you do, it's, it's the same as everything, you need to keep going over it. So if people learn it, it's great, but it's about keeping that learning going. So if you've not used it for a long time, you will forget it. Yeah, oh, I can, I can understand that, gosh. Yeah. But, you know, it must be so worthwhile. So are there any signs you can teach us right now that are easy enough for us to learn so even a simple hello or a thank you yeah so i've jotted down a few words um prior to this so hello and goodbye are just a wave then we can do how are you which i feel like can be quite complicated but i've jotted down the key points so you get both okay, of, I'm ready. You've got both of your hands in front of your chest, with the back of your hands mm-hmm. facing towards the other person, and both of your f- thumbs are upright. Um, so that makes an L shape with your thumb and fingers. You move your hands into your chest, and as you do that, you bring your fingers into your palm to make a fist with a thumbs up shape. And once you have your hands in your two thumbs up shape, at your chest, you move both your hands away from your body, maintaining the thumbs up shape. Quite, a, It's quite a simple movement then. Yep, I've got that. So that's, how are you? So where can we find your YouTube channel then, Holly? How do we find you? Um, so I'm not actually a big tech person. Um, so <laughs> I, I think you go on to YouTube and you type in Holly McCoyle. But also I have a Facebook page called BSL with Holly, which I post all the links onto. Holly, listen, I'm absolutely fascinated by your story. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing that. And I wish you all the best with your studies when you eventually get back to uni and your future endeavours. But keep up the good work because you're doing a great job. And I think it's lovely that you're trying to teach everybody a little bit of BSL. Thank you so much for joining me. Catch up with cats we're in this together 
If you need any help or advice to unwind or improve your sleep, check out clearyourhead.scop. Okay, I'm back at 9.40 tomorrow morning when Chef Craig Wilson will be creating something fantastic and tasty, all from the dregs of the jars in your cupboard. Ooh, sounds lovely. Catch up with Cat in association with the Scottish Government.